are we recording? <laughs> Wait, is this thing on? Seriously. Am I recording? <laughs> You're listening to Let's Get Into It, a podcast designed to help you in your life and in your business. My name is Bree Marie and I'm your host. You might have stumbled upon my blog, livingbreely.com, or taken one of my online courses, or maybe you're just learning about my work for the first time. As a business strategist, course creator, and a seasoned blogger, I've had the opportunity to sit down with number one best-selling authors, world-class experts, coaches, healers, and other online entrepreneurs who are super excited to share with you their stories, learning lessons they've had along the way, and how they continue to strive on making an impact in our world. Each week, I want to bring you two episodes full of tangible and actionable steps to inspire you to have an impactful, sustainable, and purpose-driven life and business. So let's get into it. introductions just like aren't really my greatest strong suit with the podcast like I feel like I'm pretty good everywhere not everywhere else but like I just think I really suck at intros like I don't know how to start this thing like I don't want to be like hello and welcome back to another episode of let's get into it I'm your host (laughs) like (laughs) I don't want pot like I don't like to listen to podcasts that are too formal You know what I mean? Anyway, it's allergy season. If that's why I sound a little nasally, a little congested, I got to stock up on my Zyrtec, on my Benadryl, on like all of the allergy things. I have purchased a humidifier, um, which is amazing, by the way. Like I didn't realize how much I needed a humidifier in my life, and I do feel like that has helped with my allergies and my sinuses this year, and I haven't been sleeping with it um, because the last, like, maybe, like, week and a half have been a little bit rainy, so it's already been, like, just a lot of moisture in the air, and, like, where I live, I'm not right next to the ocean, but just, like, it's still considered, like, I'm less than 10 miles from the beach, or maybe, like, 15 miles Actually, I don't even know how far, but I'm close. Like, I'm not super close, but I'm close enough to like where, yeah, you know, you get my drift. So I've been sleeping with a humidifier and it's really helped. Sounds like an ad. (laughs) If you log on to www. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, This isn't an ad, but I'm just, I'm just, you know, giving my, again, I don't know how to freaking start these podcasts. Like you would think 80, almost 80 episodes in that I would know how to have a conversation. I mean, I don't, yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk, obviously you can tell by the title of the episode. I did a Q and A on my Instagram stories, like maybe two or three months ago. And someone asked me this question and I thought it was really good. And then it came up again recently and I was like, oh, this might be a good podcast episode. And I even thought back, I mean, obviously we always relate back to our own experiences, just like I think all humans do that. Um, I was thinking back to when I first started trying to turn my blog into a business, I was like, I never, I had a really hard 
time calling myself like an entrepreneur or calling myself like even a business owner. Like it just because I had this mindset of like an entrepreneur was like someone who started brick and mortar type of businesses, you know, like a liquor store or a consulting business or something like that. Like I just had a very limited scope of what that meant. So I never really considered myself an entrepreneur. Like I very, I'm still like weird about calling myself that. Um, and I'm still like, oh, like I don't feel like real entrepreneurs call themselves entrepreneurs. Like they're going to tell you exactly what they do. They're going to be like, I own X, Y, and Z businesses. My products do X, Y, and Z. They're not going to be like, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm like, Okay, but like, what do you do? (laughs) That doesn't tell me anything. Um, And I think like right now people are like glamorizing, being called, calling themselves an entrepreneur. Like it's like a cool thing to do. And it's not. It's hard. Um, But anyway, I've been asked this and I feel like this is a good place to talk about it is like, what does it really take to be an online entrepreneur? And I've talked about this kind of a little bit in in past Friday episodes of a lot of times people are like either black and white or they're like on one end of the spectrum or like the other end of the spectrum. Like I think like Gary Vee's on one end where he's like hustle, 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 work, work, work. And then you have someone like James Wedmore who's like, you need to be smart about how you utilize your time. You don't need to work 120 hours a week like you need to be more of the visionary in the business and not so much like carrying out these like very small minute tasks and all these things so I feel like people are either like they're again like there's the gray area and I think the gray area is the best place to be in my opinion because I really do agree with both Gary and someone like a James Webmore if you don't know who James Webmore is go check him out he's amazing he has a great podcast great Instagram. Like I, I really adore this man. So what does it really take to be an online entrepreneur? I'm going to humble myself right now and tell you that what I think about what it really takes to be an entrepreneur, it does. My opinion doesn't matter. I'm not in the business of telling people what they can and cannot do. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. You are in charge of what your life looks like. And I encourage you to not let other people, no matter who they are, if you look up to them, if they're your parents, your family, your partner, your BFF since birth, do not, do not hold the weight of someone else's opinion of what's possible for you. So I'm just telling you what I've observed from my clients and some of my other online business friends that I'm like owners that I'm friends with. And as an observer, I think that's like just me at heart as an observer. And I like to look at the similarities and differences of people in my life. And I've noticed I have gum in my mouth and I think it's messing up my voice. Um, I've noticed that most I'm taking water. I'm sorry. I should pause this. <laughs> so unprofessional. Um, what was I saying? As an observer, I like to look at the similarities and differences of people in my life. And I've noticed that my most successful clients and my most successful friends all have 
very similar qualities. Of course, these there are other qualities to this and their strategy and circumstances that play into their success. So these are just some not limited to. So the first one there, I'm just going to go through three. Yeah, three. So the first one is that they show up consistently. They show up when they say they will. They show up when shit's not working, when no one is listening, when no one is liking their posts, when no one is commenting, when no one is buying, when no one is coming to their talks or their events. They still show up for the one person who does. They still show up for themselves. And this is key. Your vision for the work that you are doing has to be so strong that it doesn't matter how many people are on your email list or viewing your Instagram stories or voting in your Instagram polls or watching your Facebook live. If they get one vote, one view, one like, that is enough for them. That is more than enough. They run with that and they dive into what they can do more of that. Does that make sense? So they're showing up consistently. And I think that is the hardest thing in the world to do. I know that feeling when you're showing up and no one is there watching you and you're like, what the fuck? Like, why isn't anyone showing up? Sally Joe gets 300 comments, you know, 300 views or a million views. And that comparison trap will just kill your entire vibe. So what they're really showing up for is because that they believe the work that they're doing or the message that they're trying to share with the world is more important than the number of people who actually show up and watch them. So, and you hear these stories all the time. People who talk about like a talk that they did or a book that they wrote or a course that they launched or just even getting on Facebook or Instagram live and like no one's watching, no one's buying, no one's showing up, no one's investing. But they continue to show up and it's because they have this belief in, I don't even think it's in themselves. I mean, I think that's part of that, but they have a belief in what they're trying to help people with, the problem that they're trying to help people solve. And I think that is the catalyst for that consistency. It's what I have inside of my heart and inside of my mind is greater than like, those vanity metrics. I hope that makes sense. Reason number two, they are resourceful AF. This, I feel like these are all equally important, but (laughs) but this is important. So what I mean by resourceful is that they just, they make shit happen. They make shit appear. It's honestly like, I feel like it's magic. So they tell me I need 300 bucks to buy a camera or X, Y, and Z, but they are like, I don't have it, but they somehow figure out a way to get the $300. They somehow just make it happen. They pick up an extra shift. They sell something they don't need. They'll do odd jobs. Like they just fucking make it happen. And I think of it like those friends. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No shade if any of my friends are listening, but those friends who tell you that they're like, oh, I'm so broke. I don't have any money. And then like Coachella tickets go on sale and they're like, they drop a thousand bucks on a Coachella ticket and ball out with the outfits and the like where they're staying. And you're like, what? I thought you said you were broke. And like they, people spend their money on what matters to them. And 
I mean, this could go on into like a whole other tangent, but I'm going to try to be less tangential, tangential, is that the word I'm looking for um, on this podcast? But they, the clients, okay, excuse me, Cleo, can you stop scratching the carpet, sir? Do you hear this? This is what I have to deal with. This is my podcast recording studio. Welcome to the super professional Okay, we get it. What's the sitch? <laughs> Sorry for this short ad break. I think I think we're in the clear. So what I was saying, <laughs> since I was so rudely interrupted, is people spend their money on what matters to them. And if their business really matters to them, they will like find a way to come up with the money to do the things that they need to do. And again, this is like there's all sorts of circumstances that go into it. I'm not saying that they make things happen overnight or like I'm not really I've never been the coach that's like, oh, if you really want to work with me, like you'll make it happen and like force people to like sell their cars and take money out of their 401ks. Like I don't think anyone should be going into debt or putting themselves in crazy circumstances or situations just to work with me like I just I would never feel good about that but in the beginning you're not going to have all the resources available to you and so you've really got to do what you can so do the free trials of things before you buy it get on the monthly subscription plan because you can't afford the full year like the people that are successful, I think, are powerful manifestors at the core of it. Like when they can't find a publisher, they self-publish. When they can't find a product that they want or they need, like they create it themselves. They can't do X, Y, and Z, so they do A, B, and C. When they hit a wall, they don't go, oh, what was me? I don't have the money to do that. They say, how can I go, how can I go around the wall? under the wall, through the wall, do I need to go through the fucking chimney? They figure it the fuck out. They do not give themselves or anyone else excuses for why they can't get something done. So that was number two. (laughs) Number three, then they network and connect like crazy. Um, So coming from a corporate background, when I thought of the word networking, I was like, ew. (laughs) no thanks like when people are like you want to go to a networking event I was like I think I went to like a couple and I was like oh my god and when I think of networking this is like what I associated it with it was like these cold hotel conference rooms with like really bad coffee and like cheap wine that was like five dollars a glass and it comes in like a little plastic cup and like a bunch of dudes like standing around in their suits like I don't know like talking about like investments and ROIs and 401ks and their their Roth accounts and I'm like oh my god this is not for me like that was just my experience but I don't think now that I've kind of expanded and grown my mindset a little bit that's not what networking looks like to me um And I don't think that that's like what it looks like to successful, I shouldn't say successful, but just like online business owners or people in the online space and like my clients either. Like they take every opportunity that they can to network and talk to people. And I always encourage every single client that I have 
um, to utilize the app Shaper, S-H-A-P-R, without the E. So I've talked about the Shaper a thousand times. Like, they really, honestly, like, Shaper, you owe me money at this point for all of the promo that I've given you guys. It's a networking app. It's like Tinder meets LinkedIn, but it's strictly professional. Um, and it's just if you're looking for, like, investors or a job or, like, anything under the sun that has to do with business. And some of one of my really good friends that I met on Shaper, she actually gave me such good advice. So what she does is she sets a goal that she's going to reach out to at least three people on Shaper a day and set up at least three networking calls a week. And I think that's so good because one, this also helps you practice your own message and your own story, right? Well, because when you're networking, like, oh, like, how did you get into this business? Like, how did you quit this? Or how did you do this? Like, those are just some of the basic questions that you get asked repeatedly. And so it's good to have the ability to talk about what you do. And then you realize, like, when you get the same question or the same thing, like, oh, I don't really understand, like, what do you mean you do this? Or what does this mean? Like, you're like, okay, there's something in my messaging or in my story that when I'm sharing, like people are confused about and you can kind of edit and rearrange how you explain what it is that you do. And it's also really great to like hear about other people's stories. That to me is the most inspiring thing about networking is the ability to hear how other people did the big things or the struggles that they were in and overcame. So it really is networking is just so, so freaking important. Um, let's see what else. Um, so other than Shaper, they also use social media and they use social media in a way. If you want to go back to listen to the episode that I did with Jackie Wist, um, we talk about, I'll link that in the episode description below because we give such great tips on how to message people to actually elicit a response from them. And it's not the typical cold, like, hey, what's up? How are you? Like, we give you actually like an actual script for how to message. And she gives me feedback on okay, Brie, when you messaged me, this is what I was thinking and this is why I responded to you. So super important to utilize social media, get in the DMs, get in the inbox and just start talking to people who are in the same space as you. Um, And I know that it can be difficult and it's hard and like, you know, a lot of people don't like messaging people because they have this fear of like, oh my God, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? It doesn't matter what other people say or do. Like literally you have to stop thinking about that and just start messaging and start reaching out and talking to people. Um, The other thing that I noticed and I actually learned this from, who did I learn this from? But I saw that they did this and I was like, oh, that's dope. I think it was a podcast that I was on. And after we were done, they were like, oh, like, do you have anyone else that you would that you think in within your circle that might be a good fit for my podcast? And I was like, oh, my God, I love that question. Like, yeah, I have a couple of people like who are you looking for? So they tend to network utilizing the current connections that they have and then asking if they have anyone that they would like to be connected with. 
And what this does is like when you have a common connection, when you can say, hey, Sally Joe, um, I have a really good friend, Lewis, and he would love to talk to you. Like, I think you guys would get along really well. And there's like a mutual connection there. I think it makes the networking conversation so much easier because you have this like common connection. It's not like a complete stranger. So yeah, that's like the other really big thing that I noticed is just utilizing the connections, the current connections that they have and just expanding their network from there. And I think that they, they I've noticed is they stay open to talking to anyone and everyone. So not necessarily like abusing their time, right? Because like you still want to run a business, like you still have to do, you know, have a life, like you don't want to spend all of your time networking. But a networking call could be less than 30 minutes. Start with one networking type of call a week and message, like I was saying, three new people every day and introduce yourself. And I think those are kind of some of the things that really put other other people ahead of the game is that they're starting to establish a network. And that is just so important um, to continue to put yourself out there. It makes it so much easier to show up um, and be visible when you're connecting. Um, but better than, I think, meeting someone, right? Because we can always have like a small talk conversation with someone. But meeting but the the follow up, I think, is the most important thing. So I've noticed this a lot, too, with people that I've networked with is they are freaking gangster about following up with the people that they connect with. So they reach out in one to two weeks and ask how things are going and how they can continue to collaborate in some way. Um, they aren't afraid of the double text. Like, honestly, who gives a fuck? Like, you're not dating the person. Like, you're just trying to network. Like, as long as you're not harassing the person, like, messaging them 60 times a day, then I think you're Gucci. So, <laughs> but again, I think the follow up and the follow through is so, so important. Um, But yeah, I think those are all of my three. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm like struggling through this because I like I used a new mouthwash and it's like a little bit, it's kind of drying out my mouth. I don't know if anyone has that experience. Okay. Anyway. Um, so my three, the big three. So again, with the, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, like, I don't think that it's, this is like the limited collection of characteristics and I'm not, I didn't even get into like the nature versus nurture aspect of, of characteristics. Cause like, I don't think that's within my scope. <laughs> But I think the number, the three things, number one, show up consistently. Number two, be resourceful AF. Number three, network like an OG. Those would be my three biggest tips. Let me know if this was helpful. Um, If you guys like this episode, again, I answered this like in a short version. I think I just put like little bullet points um, on my Instagram stories. But honestly, it would mean so much to me if you would drop a rating or a review on whatever platform, full form, whatever platform you're listening to. It honestly helps so much. Or if you know someone who might really enjoy this episode, copy the link and share it with them. And as always, you can DM me on Instagram at livingbreely. My DMs are always open or shoot me an email at info at livingbreely.com. I personally respond to the emails. It's not this like weird messaging service or anything. It goes to my VA and then she kind of sorts through them. Um, like if it's like a, like a 
spam email or like a brand or whatever, she'll like send them to a different inbox. But she forwards them all to me and then I respond to them. So it's really me responding. I get that all the time. I think it's so funny. People will be like, is it? I know you probably will never read this. And I'm like, no, girlfriend, I told you I read all the emails. I respond. Um, yeah, that's basically it. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I will catch you next week with a new interview. All right. Have a great weekend. Be kind. Be well. Be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. One more thing. If you love this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to my Instagram and tag me at livingbreely with you listening to this episode. I'd love to hear from you, see you, connect with you, and know which episodes and interviews you're finding valuable. For any courses, freebies, or blog posts mentioned in this episode, you can head over to livingbreely.com or check out the show notes below.